What's going on, everybody? This is breaking news right here. We have one of the best interviews I've ever had on the entire podcast history. It's with James Mulligan. The man is a fucking legend. His talent is indescribable. Not only that, but he donates proceeds to children's hospitals. What more could you fucking ask for? His most recent drop is on Maker's Place. You can check it out there. This is an NFT artist. This is a true traditional artist. This is an artist in every form, fashion, and word. Uh, I'm so grateful for this interview. So grateful that he came through and shared space with me. And as always, if you like the, co the podcast, please like, comment, and subscribe on Apple and Spotify. Check out the new website, livingwithwill.org. And as always, everybody, much love, happiness, and success to you, everybody who listens. I want to thank James again, and I want to get right back into the episode. So welcome back to another week of Living With Will. Here we go. Hell yeah. What's going on, dude? Good. I love now that I'm like doing interviews with these people I meet on Clubhouse, just like getting to connect with people I really vibe with is sick. So before I kind of get us started on the interview side, I just wanted to thank you for doing this. And I'm super fucking excited, dude. I think it's going to be Oh, great. thanks, man. I'm excited too. Amazing. So I like to start off all conversations at the beginning. Uh, we were all kids once upon a time who had yeah. dreams and goals. So I'm curious, you know, how did you get started on this path and into where, you know, me and you were interacting on Clubhouse? Where did that all begin? Jeez Louise, man. Well, uh, yeah, I was born a poor black child. <laughs> the, uh, <laughs> yeah, the jerk, right? Um, no, I, uh, I, you know, my background's in fine art. So I, um, I was actually a musical theater major uh, in school and um, kind of emphasis on set design and scenic design for theater. And then moved from there into, um, into more of the fine art world. So I've always loved Disney. And of course I wanted to go into animation, but uh, 24 frames a second is a lot of drawing. So, uh, especially at the time, because it was all hand drawn. Right. Um, but uh, then I moved more into um, the development. I, I worked with character development. I went over to the parks over at Disney. And then um, I, I continued to do set design. So uh, scenic design for theater, I did stuff with God, uh, you know, national tours and, and everything like that. And then um, clients, you know, industrial type design stuff with Lexus and Coca-Cola and, um, you know, pretty Apple. So pretty big, uh, some of these pretty big um, kind of blue chip, blue chip companies. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a college dropout. So I was at a UCLA UCLA uh, starting classes and I ended up um, leaving to go and work at, uh, at Disney. Um, and this whole thing has just been so crazy. I've done a, you know, I've done comic book covers and a lot of my stuff is, is with, um, with Comic-Con. So I've done, you know, obviously this year has been a bit different, but, uh, but I've done massive Comic-Con. So um, from San Diego to New York, I'm, I'm there every year to, uh, you know, Toronto and uh, some of these these big shows and obviously that's been hugely changed this year um, and my brother actually I, I, so I was an early early adopter of um, of investing in Bitcoin so I invested in Bitcoin when it was like 300 bucks um, and my brother Amazing. was like yeah my brother was like hey you know you really should get look at this NFT thing I said I'm like what are you talking about he said well it's it's you know, crypto art, and it's basically purchased with Bitcoin. I'm like, oh, great. I'm always happy to get more Bitcoin, even at these prices. Um, and uh, so I started looking into it and um, a, a friend of mine who was also an artist was, was kind of starting to get into it. And I, I, it was a lot of negotiation, but I, I knew, I knew cryptocurrency. I knew if any of us actually know how it works, I don't know, but, but I, I know, um, I know enough about it that it made it made sense to me, um, and I actually uh, I, so Steve Wozniak is a friend of mine, the co-founder of Apple, and so I, I talked to Woz about it, um, and he he thought it was really interesting, and so we ended up um, I ended up going with uh, Maker's Place. First thing I did was mint on um, Rarible, and then I went over to Maker's Place and they accepted me, um, and it was. Uh, my whole purpose was trying to get more collectors into the space that were real world collectors, so to speak. Um, you know, analog, analog art. Um, and most of my stuff is hand painted. I mean, I still do digital, but most of my stuff is hand painted. So I started out, um, you know, just as a way to sort of 
navigate people towards this to learn more about the technology to learn more about how what we were doing was um very very much kind of a brave new world you know it's a new way of thinking and uh it's it's been a it's been a task um not only just the huge learning curve for myself but also moving collectors into the space and we i've done it with with a few and the same thing with artists um there's a couple artists that i'm i'm working with uh now to kind of get them into the space so it's uh and then with us meeting on Clubhouse, that was just a, um, Sabet is a, a, we've become friends, the artist Sabet. Um, and uh, he's the one who basically said, get on Discord, get on Clubhouse. This is where you need to, you know, join. He invited me and he's been just invaluable as a help and questions. And uh, Michael Rutledge, I mean, there's been a lot of collectors and, uh, and, and artists that have just been so amazingly kind and lovely uh, with this whole, this whole thing, so. I love that, man. Well, listen, I love people shouting out other artists. So let's be sure um, for the description of this, when this episode comes out, send me his website info and I'll put it in the for description sure. as well. We can, we can yeah, man. raise awareness on him. Dude, Absolutely. I love, for, first of all, you're clearly very skilled at this because I think you're the first person ever who's able to go from point A to point B being like the entirety of their life to the point now. <laughs> no one else has ever been able to encapsulate quite it as well as you were. So that was fucking well, I got, awesome. I just got my coffee, so- Bogart's Coffee in Seal Beach. They're my favorites. So. I love that. Shout out to Bogart's. That's awesome. Two different shout outs in five Two seconds. Two different shout outs. It's a little mom and pop place and they've survived this whole thing uh, by staying open. It's just like this. They're just, they make great coffee. So Bo- Bogart's on Ocean Drive in Seal Beach. I love that. So, that is amazing, yeah. man. I'm all for a collaboration and I'm all for mom and pop shops. So I'll definitely either me personally or I send other people to, to go support as well. I have Love so it. many questions. So yeah. first of all, you know, you spoke on like your early career, you're in college, you're at UCLA, an amazing school. You drop out. Uh, was there a job on the line or is there, well, how, I was thinking, so, so I was kind of burning the candle so much at both ends um, with, uh, you know, I was, I was taking classes at night. I was working at Disney during the day. And then I, in the afternoon, often I would um, take a, an afternoon shift with another theme park in the area over at Knott's. Um, I was a lead scenic artist with them. So like, I was just dying, dude. I was like, my, and, the, and I, I wasn't doing great in school. I, I kind of, I kind of didn't love it. And um, I also know that like, so my background is singing, like musical theater guy. I did like Miss Saigon. I did Les Mis. I did, I did uh, all these big, like I said, if there wasn't a helicopter or a barricade in the show, I didn't sing from it, you know, straight um, this like obnoxious straight tenor guy that can't dance. And, um, and I, I knew I wasn't going to I knew I wasn't going to tour and I knew that I like wanted to be a dad. So um, I thought, you know what, this is a chance. Like I, I'm not a dancer. I'm not like, you know, one of these musical theater kids that kind of make their life about touring. Um, I, I just, I knew I wasn't going to mo- be moving into that space for myself. So I thought this is the opportunity. I mean, I've always wanted to work for Disney. Um, I ended up going in there full time um, in the pictorial department. Um, I got to work with some incredible people and getting to know some incredible people. Um, you know, uh, Tony Baxter has become a very dear friend of mine who Tony created the Indiana Jones adventure and uh, Big Thunder Mountain. I mean, you know, I was just trying to explain cryptocurrency to Tony the other night and about crypto, you know, he gets cryptocurrency, but he doesn't get crypto art. He doesn't get mm-hmm. NFTs. So like the, the even people that are super out of the box thinking wise, um, to sort of get them into this space is 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 quite a challenge to try to make that easy to understand um but uh there's a there's a gentleman named um sam usley and sam is uh i'm working with sam right now so sam is a designer he with uh shanghai disney and tokyo he's working on a project right now over at disneyland um wow. walt disney world um he's a concept designer brilliant guy um and so i'm doing a collaboration with sam from walt disney imagineering for a, a an nft to try to get sam into the space and sam totally gets it so <laughs> it's just a it's a it's a it's a funny thing so like i was explaining nfts to both tony baxter and sam tony's a, you know got a window on main street at disneyland and seeing seeing how some people can get it 
that quick and others it takes a little longer it's just it's just a weird thing you just don't you just don't know so anyway long story short um that's kind of where I, I i moved into i've moved heavily into the nft space um because i'm it's it's just all art man and it's 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 so awesome to be able to collaborate with these incredible artists and get to meet these new collectors and um learning so much myself it's it's been a real blessing it's unbelievable and i second everything it's like a digital art renaissance that's what i describe yeah. it to people because it's this has never existed before yeah. It's a new space. It puts the power in the hands of the artists. It allows yeah. for lifetime royalties. It's like, yeah, even, even for people that don't understand when you explain it to them, there's no chance you're not interested in it after you hear them talk yeah. about it. Yeah, oh, that's absolutely. What I yeah. Well, and one of the things um, that I, I think has been so beautiful is the, uh, the liberty um, around it is, you know, and I, I make no bones about this. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, sort of uh, interwoven in my DNA as the spirit of a libertarian. So, you know, I'm like, keep us out of war, let people marry what they marry, who they want, smoke what they want and make, make art, you know? Fuck yeah. Um, so I, I love the kind of sense of liberty around it, that there's, there's, there's nothing stopping anyone from being successful, whether that's age or sex or, um, you know, family background or wealth or any, it's, it's like the most free, equal opportunity for everybody and um i think it's really a beautiful thing agreed it's it's amazing and i think as it continues to grow it will become more and more inclusive as well as more and more people become educated to it understand the oh technology, yeah and it'll continue 100%. to grow it's going to be amazing i have a quick yeah. question as well you know so you first of all i want to say back to back to what you're saying about leaving school because you're just working so hard i completely resonate with that you know when i yeah. started at sony in new york when i used to work there i was working full time and taking 21 credits in school it was overwhelming so yeah fortunately they were like if you want to keep working here you have to graduate so they forced me to continue but yeah. i anytime i hear someone leave for for as great a reason as you i like to put a premise on it like education's not bad but if it doesn't work for you like if you feel the need to leave yeah. you should and you're a great testament to you know it works out if you if you believe in yourself and you follow yourself and you're, yeah. and you're doing it for the right reasons it works but i'm curious too you know at the time and 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 touch on that as well if you want to but getting into disney is not easy um as, right. as you know yeah yeah <laughs> how, did we, how did you manage that and navigate that well um it's funny because i in working with the um so i was working at a scenery company like you know sweeping up sawdust and pulling mildew mildewed paint out of buckets um and the guy who was a supervisor there he actually had a, a, a brother that worked in um the art department at disney and he'd been watching me and you know i started out doing scenery you know i, I left home at 15 so um i was out of the house at 15 and i i kind of just was responsible for making money on my own you know my own way um so i was willing to do whatever it 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 took to make that happen. I mean, um, you know, I, I actually was just in Hawaii not that long ago. Um, and I saw my old college professor who we were making fun of my paint pants that were always like, um, they were always torn. And I, I, I actually went on this rant on Twitter about it the other day, but my, my paint pants were always like torn and, um, they had like paint caked on them. So they were really heavy and it was just like, they were just awful. I'm sure they would go for a lot of money now if they'd be a piece of modern art, but, um, you know, they were ripped all the, all the hell. And everybody's like, you gotta get to get some new pants. So I'm like, no, these are super comfortable and they're great. But the fact of the matter is I, I couldn't afford new pants. Right. Like, <laughs> I was so broke, um, you know, like digging through getting change, you know, from my, the floorboard of my, my shitty truck and, uh, try hoping to afford taco Tuesday. It, not even like nice taco Tuesday, like Del Taco, three, three tacos for a dollar Tuesday, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but I think through all of that, it, I learned the value of, of risk only because I didn't have a choice. So there was something that I, I never had the, um, the luxury of really being able to have a, a choice about like, risk has never really been a thing for me because I've never not just gone for whatever I needed to. And it, was, it wasn't even a second thought for me. And, 
you say what you want, you know, regarding the stock market, that that certainly has been, <laughs> I've certainly made some foolish mistakes with that. But I don't, I don't live in fear because I've never known anything but that. Um, and I think that uh, the, the issue of like leaving college, for example, uh, which I was on a scholarship, um, it didn't, I didn't have any qualms about it because I, everything had just sort of worked out if that makes any sense. No and so I, I think that there was a, for me to just figure it out one way or the other, and that like, there's no other option, I think is kind of the attitude that I had. And it was very much true. So, yeah. Yeah. I speak to a lot of artists on here and a lot of people talk about, you know, the, I'll ask questions like, what would your, what was your plan B at the time? And a lot of them are like, there was no plan B. It was right. all my, all I could do. I, I, I knew what I, what my strengths were and I went for it. And I just love that there's that common thread with yeah. creative endeavors. You know, it's like, you got to just go for it and you got to yeah. just put everything into it. Well, and I think that Elon um, was even in an interview and he, I didn't want to say it was Joe Rogan, but uh, there's a lot of artists in this space that love Joe Rogan. It's, it's very interesting, you know, um, but uh, Elon was in an interview and he was talking about, you know, if you're young and you've got like, you know, you're living with roommates and stuff, he's like, it's not difficult to get a job at a coffee shop that's going to make you 1100 bucks a month to like pay your rent and buy you a little bit of food and pay your gas. Like, it's not difficult to like get a little job. So even if you lose everything, like you can go and get a little 40, 40 hour a week job or even something part time that's going to cover your basic living expenses. So I think that's the thing a lot of young people these days are so afraid of is like um, they're they're afraid of like losing what little bit they have, but it's not difficult to get it back. Like, especially when you're young, um, even at my age, I'm 43 and like, dude, I've lost like I woke in the stock market. I've woken up to find like I've lost one hundred thousand dollars in two days in the market. Like it's literally like I just look and it's down a hundred grand. And you just kind of say, oh, shit. And you just kind of swallow and, you know, bitch about it for five minutes. And then you just look at what you did wrong, if you did, or just be patient and hold on for dear life, right? Agreed, agreed. <laughs> I talk to people about that a lot because, you know, part of, and, and I'll give you a frame of reference, like a personal reference. When I first started this podcast and I, I really took the leap of faith, I was working in the government at the time. I was working for the state of California as a district representative for a senator. And I left the job because I was like, I got to pursue this creative passion. Like I had built this, you know, this safety net on cryptocurrency investment and I had some money. Yeah. So I was like, I could finally do it. And at the time I happened to be a bit of a degenerate, lost it all gambling, right? Stock market, no! stuff, all of it, the entirety. So I was like, I'm was it like a, a bad night in Vegas? Yeah. <laughs> oh yes. shit. Were you at yeah. least in a nice hotel? No. <laughs> oh shit. No, this Where'd is you... Well, what happened? I want to hear it. Basically, I thought that, you know, I had this money and I wasn't working, so I was like, why don't I just put it all on Baccarat and and let it ride? Oh, and no. I went from being I went from being up like 3 Bitcoin and 72 Litecoin and 24 Ethereum and I no. went to, I was up 25,000 at the beginning of the night. And by the end of the night, I had the money to basically get home and pay rent that month. So it was, oh, yeah, no. <laughs> it's brutal. Like, it was a hundred and fifty. That was like probably a $300,000 night. Oh yeah. Now, now. <laughs> think, cause this was beginning of 2020, right? So this is before the huge run up as well. The timing could have been worse. Coronavirus hits right afterwards. I'm sitting, thank God for the unemployment insurance or I'd have been fucked, right? Like I would have oh, even had rent no. money. Totally fucked me, right? But you know what? To your point, right? And I, and I think this is why I'm, I'm sharing the story. And this, I think, is the first time I've shared it in this public of a way. Yeah. Is, you know, I realized that I had been, I wasn't focused on the art and the creation I was trying to do because of the safety net, right? Like I had mm -hmm. this money so I could afford to just chill all day and like smoke weed and kick it with my friends because right. I had made all this money off investing. I wasn't, the podcast didn't even start until 420, which was two months <laughs> after I lost everything, right? I was sitting at home on 420. I'm like, dude, it's today. You got to do it. It put out the first episode. And here we are a year later, you know, and I'm speaking to people like you and I have an agent now and it's, you know, I'm not, where I need to be, but I think it's a testament to exactly what you're saying, which is like, yeah, man. Yeah. Those two weeks felt like hell. I mean, you oh, know, like, I, I, <laughs> crazy. 
I feel but, yeah. for you, dude. That's listen. I, I, I there have been times in Vegas where I like. So when I was married, um, I like there literally was were times in Vegas where I, like I emptied my bank account and I had no money for the mortgage. That's how bad it was. I mean, it's many years ago, but um, I like called my mom. And I'm like, hey, mom, I'm at the bank. Is there any way that you can like wire me money? Because I, somebody stole my wallet. It was absolute bullshit. Nobody stole my wallet. I like, just like literally emptied my entire bank account and didn't have any money to get home like with gas. I was yeah. driving. I have gas I, I, money. I had to take out and a like, loan with my folks. I had to, <laughs> I have to pay oh them back. God. I was like, I got to keep paying rent. But these are the things, right? Like, yeah. and I'm sure just for you, like it was a learning experience for me, like, that that fast and loose lifestyle it doesn't lead anywhere good <laughs> no no like but like aren't you so much joy so much more joyful like just like whether you're on your ipad or your cintiq or just regular computer whatever like aren't you so happy just like creating art now because yes. it's forget about the money like the money's great but forget it but like just the fact that we are able to do what we love and to create something that people love and to connect with people on that level. It's just, I just think it's awesome. Agreed. You know, Agreed. listen, this podcast platform speaking to people like you is invaluable to me. I have more, yeah. I enjoy this more than I did, you know, when I was up gambling, making tons yeah. of money because money is not, and I think that's kind of the point we're both going for is like, it's not about the money. It's about right. what are you, what are you willing to work for free at? What are you willing to do like the hard yep. work? Cause I'm sure when you started, like when you started at Disney, were, were you getting paid adequately at first or were you kind of making, did you do like a free internship or something? How'd that start? No, I, I started, I mean, they paid me, they paid me pretty well at first. Um, in fact, there was a, when I went from one department to another, um, I, I was like one of the highest paid in like, uh, because of the way the unions worked, I was one of the highest pay. I was the highest paid hourly employee there. Awesome. Along with the other people in my department, but just the way that the unions negotiated it. And it was like one of the first unions that Walt Disney like brought in. So when Walt brought in the union, it was there in their contract that they were the highest paid union, you know, favored nations plus two, two cents an hour or something like that. Stupid. That's you know? fucking awesome. Yeah. Um, which for me, that was like so much money. I mean, that's a, that's a, at the time it was like a, a fam, a, like, an actual grown-up salary and I was like yeah 20 something like in my early early 20s and these are these people have been working for you know 40 50 years with the company um and they like literally the guy I took over for knew Walt Disney Walt had hired him um and there's like photos of him as a young guy with Walt and like I took over for that guy which is just insane to think about but um like, but I didn't, I, I, I took it for granted. I didn't, I didn't honor what, what that role was. And I didn't, um, you know, I, I, I let my ego take over in a lot of ways. And I didn't, I, because I had put in so much work in the beginning and had struggled for so long that when I finally started like really working full-time on the art department at Disney, um, I didn't, I, I, I didn't appreciate what it, what it was at the time and now looking back i'm like god i was so lucky and then you know it moved from that into i was art director at playboy um i did uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah i did i did so like i was super involved with with playboy for a while i knew hef um i i ended up uh you know still like i still do you know i do pin design with disney sometimes like out of, out of our london the london office um and right now, in fact, I'm totally behind on a project with Marvel. <laughs> um, I'm doing a project with Marvel right now and um, with, uh, with The Crow, you know, Brandon Lee's The Crow. I'm doing a, a series with that. Awesome. Um, so like I'm still these days, I'm still like, I have a hard time saying no, no to work uh, when, it's, when it's thrown my way. So I, I, I love being busy though. Like tonight I'm flying, I'm flying to London. Um, actually, I'm, I'm, I'm meeting with, uh, with my my partner that I just did the release with the, the DC guy, Des Taylor. So we're going to be meeting together and, and working on some stuff in, in the UK. So it's, it's all good, man. It's, it's, it's keeping me busy. That's fucking awesome. I, yeah. one of the reasons I really wanted to interview you is that like, because of the success that you've had, you know, you, you started off just like every other artist, right? Like you, you were saying you were, you were alone at 15 working to survive. 
and yeah. look at where you've gone. So that's why, you know, it, it's really inspiring for me. And I wanted to share that inspiration with the audience. And I'd love to ask, you know, it's a great transition point. Like, what are some words of wisdom that you would have for someone like they're, they're like still getting that look, like they haven't started at the Disney's. They're still in that, you know, like incubation period as an artist. Dude, we're, we're all, that's the thing is we're all there right now. Like we're all, this is new for all of us. Like, um, I mean, literally when you're a, you know, 16 year old kid. So like I'm working with Foxhood right now. Right. And he's 15 and he's really talented. He's a 3d artist. And um, he's totally humble and like knows he's still learning and really excited about it. But he's he's just just behind me in the game with this with the NFT thing. And there are artists that I'm trying to get into the space. So there's a guy named Joe Rubenstein that is a uh, he actually created Thanos like for Marvel. Damn. He created Thanos. Holy shit! Uh, yeah, like he he used to do ink work with Stan, like he knew Stan Lee and. Um, you know, uh, we, we all, our, our paths definitely merge. We have the same publisher. Um, and like, I'm trying to pull him into the space. He doesn't want anything to do with it. Like he'll, he's like, he'll, he's like, I'll send you whatever you want to do, do whatever, just send me something. I'm like, all right, I'm telling you, man, you really need to get into this space. I think it'd be really good for you. He's like, I don't crypto what, I don't know. So, mm -hmm. so I'm, I'm literally like working doing a collaboration with him that he doesn't really know anything about except that I'm just going to do something, some cool shit and then send him, send him a check. Love so, it. um, that that's really neat. And, and I would say for young people, I think we have to be very careful about moving any of the outside world into this space. Meaning there seems to be something very much in vogue about, um, like the, there's, there's, there's this mob mentality, uh, and I've seen it lately, unfortunately on, on, on Twitter, that's starting to kind of invade this space that suggests that because of your religion or because of your creed or because of whatever I say, you know, if you like pineapple on pizza, like you're being stopped from doing something great in this space. And there's people trying to stop you. There's people trying to stop all of us. Mm -hmm. Like if you go on CNN, they're talking about gas fees and how, how damaging crypto is for the environment and all this bullshit. And I'm like, listen, I've never, I think you, you might've been on the other night when we were talking. And I'm like, I, I never charged anybody an upcharge for um, the oil paint that's in a gallery show that these, these metal tubes that I use, I'm not like trying, I'm not like feeling guilty about that and trying to guilt people about, you know, what the environmental costs of the ferrules in my brushes are. Like, it's just, it's, it's not something that I've ever con been concerned with as an artist. And that's not to say the environment isn't important. Of course, it's, it's deeply important. That there's all more that we can do. Right. But for us to get lost in the weeds on that, mm -hmm. and for us to try to make, you know, a, a, a mom, that's got three kids that she's trying to feed and has been struggling for years. And all of a sudden, you know, she, she's, she makes 10 grand in a month and can pay for her kids braces and pay the doctor bills and maybe buy her child's school uniform and pay her rent and feed her kids to try to make her feel guilty that she's doing something that's harmful to the environment by uploading a photo that's feeding her family. She, people are out of their minds, man. And I, I'm, I have to be very careful because I've got a loud mouth and I won't tolerate anybody telling younger artists that they can't make it because there's somebody trying to stop them because of their skin color or their, their orientation or whatever. Nobody is trying to stop anybody in this space. Um, no matter what, what your skin color is, no matter what your gender is, no matter what your preferences is, it, all of it is welcomed. At, like it is literally the most egalitarian um, uh, kind of art salon that there is. It feels like the early days of the Impressionists when you had Gauguin and, you know, Van Gogh and they were all getting drunk and high, you know, they were all sipping absinthe and it didn't matter what, what your background was, that everybody is included and everybody is welcome. Everybody can make it. If you're making um, awesome art, collectors are going to see that. 
you the only thing that's going to stop you is if you're not driven gas fees are too high which stops all of us mm-hmm. um and that you're not you're not putting in the effort and you're not putting in the work to make seriously awesome stuff agreed i was oh go ahead you know Please well that. none of none of us are people man like none of us are mm-hmm. people that was a unique thing and these people that are comparing don't compare yourself to anybody else in this space because again when a 15 year old kid or 18 year old kid is selling painting you know selling selling digital art for four hundred thousand dollars um none of us are that so like we are all equal in this thing and we all have the opportunity to create beautiful art and connect with people and and make the world a better place uh especially when it comes to the financial end of this thing we all decide what we do with our finances Mm -hmm. so incorporating you know nonprofits, incorporate people that that maybe can't you know pay for young artists gas fees like like helping people um up rather than trying to keep them out because you're trying to like attach labels to people it's just it's just horseshit and i just can't take it man. <laughs> i agree I, I you know i've gotten in arguments with people as far as like they don't recognize the classism of you know just being like just go mint it it's like it's not all people like you said yeah. sometimes the gas fees are too high and i love that you included you know pay for young artists gas i love seeing people yeah. pushing that rhetoric because I think that to your point right now, this is an, ex- an inclusive space. If, if we mm-hmm. continue on the, on the direction that we're going, it will continue to be more and more inclusive. I think yep. cryptocurrency itself, I think was more exclusive because of the tech nature that was involved. And now yep. that we're bringing in the art, it's bringing in the inclusivity. And yep. that's one thing that I've been noticing, you know, I've been really calling out the truth of power of like people beginning to gatekeep and be like, you have to do this, that, and the third to get into the space. It's like, no, like, if for the example with the environmental justice part, right? Like, like you said, it's important to address it, but if you want to address it, then maybe include some of your proceeds to ocean conservation or, or contribute to cleaning up the environment. Instead of just saying, don't do it. This is bad for the environment. Everything we do is bad for the environment. Yeah. You can't tell a mom who has to get to her job that you can't drive because gas prices are bad. You know, you can't tell, you can't tell someone they can't drive when they physically cannot get to work without driving. So yes. I think that this, you know, we got to make sure that within activism that we're, that we're truly being, you know, conscious of all forms, which is sure. a black feminist theory of intersectionality, you know, sexism goes in hand with classism, which goes in hands with racism, which goes in hand with transphobia and anti-Semitism. So yep. uh, I think it's, it's important that we continue this push for inclusivity. So I'm glad that you're, you're championing it. We all got to champion in our own way, you know, like. Absolutely, man. And I, I, I think like, for example, the, the, Nobody asked what the skin color was of my partner that's that I just did the drop with Des Taylor. Mm-hmm. He happens to be he happens to be a black dude. Mm-hmm. Like that's what's so beautiful about it is that like nobody nobody cares if they're collecting art in this space. Nobody cares. The best thing we can do that there is a there is a uh, definitely a, when you were talking about gatekeeping, there definitely is a massive difference between the have and the have nots about Mm -hmm. where you get in this space. Right. When it comes to things like gas fees, Mm -hmm. however, there's open sea and there's a lot of people that -hmm. are putting stuff on open sea and rareable and mintable. And that's not stopping them. Um, In fact, there's a lot of bigger artists that are selling hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of art on open sea. And it's, they're not, they're not, you're not paying a bunch of gas fees to get on there. Mm -hmm. So even that, as an open you know what i mean i mean totally if you're on makers or nifty gateway or uh, or known origin yeah there's going to be you know one of the curated sites it's a little more upscale and you know not a lot not a lot of artists i mean i just fucking paid ten thousand dollars this month in, in 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 minting fees like gas no fees way. and yeah dude oh it's i mean i was just eh, last two months i guess but yeah it's like thousands and thousands of dollars a month um to do that and you know that is there's a there's something to be said for that but at the same time i i sell a lot more stuff on on makers than i do on open sea even though right. they're they're connected mm-hmm. so that's something to, to to consider and as we you know do better and we try to help out these younger artists i think that's really important that we can even collaborate with these younger artists and find a way to get them into the space Agreed. Um, yeah, the collaboration know. is is key, man. It's, it's yeah. I love that you're on that as well. Yeah, for sure. Let me ask you this. I, I don't want to take yeah. up too much more of your time. I'm gonna 
begin the process. I have a few more questions for you, but dude, I've been loving this is an amazing interview. Um, I'm so excited for people to hear it. As far as like you as a creator, as a two-part question, right? I'll, I'll ask sure, you two yeah. parts. So you can answer them as you choose. As far as a creative, as far as a businessman, and as far as just a man in general, I'm sure during life, you've gotten words of wisdom from people across your life that have influenced you in all three of these categories. What are some of the words of wisdom that you've been given along your career and along your life path that have really helped, you know, mold you and, and that you think might help people on their paths as well? Oh, that is such a great question. and such a tough one, isn't it? Yeah. Take your time. Um, Remember, it, I can edit. it's tough. <laughs> no, that's good. Um, I think that there is really, we were talking about risk and I think there's something to be said about more risk, more reward. And we know that that's an old cliche, but it, it, is, it really is true in this space. Um, and sometimes that's just time. So some of us risk a lot of money. Some of us risk a lot of time. Um, if you don't have money, then you've got time. You know, Those are the only real things that we have in life that we can invest. Um, and I think for younger people, obviously, like I didn't, I didn't have any money, but I I invested time in things and time oftentimes is going to be a much better investment than just, you know, sending something on PayPal. So I think to put in the time to, to research, to put in the time um, to be on these discord rooms and to be on clubhouse and to um, really jump in with both feet uh, is a very valuable investment. And I don't think it's going to be an investment that returns void. Um, I would say that the other thing is to um, don't let, don't throw your pearls before swine. There are just going, and I, there are going to be a lot of people that just aren't going to get what we're doing and that's okay. And mm -hmm. it might take them years. It might take them weeks. It might take them days. There are collectors that had no idea what an artist was talking about. And then they kind of started to see and like, bingo, the light went the light went off and now i'm a bit now i'm obsessed with nfts um i think that we have to be very careful about emphasizing the tech side of it too much as an art community because um i know that there's both from a collector standpoint and from an artist standpoint, we have to not make things seem too complicated because it, it scares people off. Like I couldn't explain to my mom what the hell an NFT is. She doesn't even know what a JPEG is, right? Like, right. I, So um, we just, I think that some of us are so excited about the tech and how it works and blockchain in general, and we're learning and so like hyped about it. But I think that we have to be careful not to pollute the art space with the tech side of things like we were talking about the other night on that on the the clubhouse room about gas and uh, I, I mean i'm sorry about um about the environmental impact of what it is that 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 we're doing it's it's like a, a the tiniest fraction of a fraction of a drop of water in the ocean what it is that we're doing as artists so any sort of um judgment or calling out or uh, anything negative like I think we have to work really hard to keep negativity out of this space Agreed. and yeah. it comes to what to what we were talking about earlier about like I, I'm just not going to accept anything that there is anything stopping anybody at this time from being successful in this space except talent it is a bit of a meritocracy if you're not if you don't have talent and you don't have drive and you don't have per the personality for it you're going to be stopped so there is a meritocracy here. Um, but I think most things in life should be a meritocracy. Like I, 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 I want the best brain surgeon to be working on, on, on my parent. You know, I want the best, the person who knows um, they, the, the best good person. I don't care what they look like, what, where, you know, I want them to be the best at cancer treatment. I don't care what isms are attached. You know, I just want them to be the best. And I think that that's kind of how it is in this space. If you're unique and you have a unique voice um, and you are, a, you know, you're, you're, you're doing creating the, the most art and the best, um, the best stuff that you can and giving the gifts that you're given, like there is nothing stopping anybody. And I think that we need to continue to emphasize the positive, the positive side of that and to just love each other and lift each other up 
and um and really really emphasize that and just not i also think that there we, we do need to have a a bit of a lack of tolerance for trying to up overcomplicate a space or to bring um any sort of uh guilting or shame shaming in this space especially when it comes to things like you know this mom in india or lesotho you know trying to feed her kids and all of a sudden she realized she's being successful as an artist and people trying to push her down um because they say that she's trying to harm the environment it's crazy completely yeah the, it, i really hope that like the exclusion that we see in our society can remain outside of nfts and that's why yeah. anytime that i see gatekeeping or people trying to like you know like if there's a bunch of artists in a room and there's a woman trying to speak and people trying to speak over her i'm like no no no, no. Let, let her get her words yeah. out like and it's yeah and it's unfortunate I think it's, I think you make amazing points though, which is that if we continue in a positive way and we continue to rally behind these amazing artists and like yep. pushing them up, regardless of where they come from or who they are, I mean, yep. we're going to see something amazing. And, and I love that, you know, uh, that you're, that you're really big about that as well. And I have a, I have a question from this. It's a bit of a tangent, but I'm excited to ask you specifically because of the work that you've done. I asked all, right. all my guests, if you were to be a superhero, what would your power be? And what would your superhero name be? Oh gosh. <laughs> like, like gas buster. I would like go in and, and fucking destroy the gas and destroy gas prices and like just go flying around handing out like Groupons for gas to young artists. Love that. You know, an you art know. pioneer. <laughs> yes. I love an that. Art, man. Art, yeah. Art, art pioneer. But yeah, I think gas, gas buster would be, would be kind of an awesome one. That's fucking cool. I'd love to see a piece of that, man. If you ever, if you're ever inspired by this creating yeah, that character, I'd be like Bill, like Bill Murray in that in the Ghostbusters costume. But uh, exactly, it would just shoot out stuff that like it, it sprays out Groupons for gas prices for, for just shooting for out posting. Ethereum and Bitcoin. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, oh, Absolutely. Listen, some of these collectors are like shooting out Ethereum and Bitcoin. Okay, they're like, it's insane. Some of these, with some of these collectors, how how early they got into this stuff. So unbelievable. Yeah, like the guys who bought Blouse vinyls for three point five million each. Like unbelievable. A vinyl that of an album that came out two years prior. Right. It's 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 nuts, man. Well, again, listen. I again, I bought Bitcoin. I started investing when it was three hundred. So, and I haven't really, I've sold a bit, but not not much. Um, so like. I, I get it. It's to me, it's not real money because it's just kind of sitting there, you know. Um, and I, I don't plan on selling it anytime soon. So, or you know, exchanging it anytime soon. But um, it's a like a lot of these guys, they're not necessarily like they're not billionaires. They're just regular guys that started investing super early. There was a guy the other day that that was on. I think it was a, some clubhouse. And he bought Bitcoin at like $19 or something like that. And he bought, he just said he invested everything he could in it because he thought, and, and he's a collector now, like he, but he's not necessarily like, it's not because he's some super world famous doctor or inventor. He just happened to invest in this, in this, um, this new technology long enough ago that it made sense. You know, that's what I love about it. It's your point with like the single mom who's making money off art. It's a space that allows us all to become innovators and and mm -hmm. leaders in the space you know it's fucking incredible what's happening right yeah now. yeah absolutely and there's so many ways that we can be artists in a um in a, in the collaboration space as well i mean there's something mm -hmm. so beautiful about about that thinking that i'm like bringing in you know me me like trying to discuss nfts with waz like the guy who literally like created the computer that i've got the phone sitting on right now same um <laughs> it's nuts dude it's crazy mm -hmm. And it's, it's mind-blowing for me, and it's really humbling that I'm as clueless as I am, this college dropout kid that, like, started out, you know, cleaning out mildew paint, that I'm in this space now, and I'm getting ready to do this collab with, with Waz and Jewel, the singer, like a Grammy-winning singer and, and the guy who fucking created Apple. It's crazy. It's still, it's still mind-blowing to me that, that I'm, I'm in that position and I just, I feel so blessed. But I think that we also don't, don't be afraid as artists to reach out to people that you think would be awesome in collaboration that don't know the space. But like, so I'm friends with the Lopez boys, like the basketball players, Robin and Brooke, they're big Disney nuts. Awesome. And like, I wanna do an NFT with Robin and Brooke. It's not NBA top shots, but they're in the NBA and they're definitely top shots. Mm -hmm. But like, 
there's ways to be creative and, 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 and bring people into the space that aren't really in the space yet, but in a really massive way. And that could, those collaborations could be like, so like today I talk with somebody, I'm, I'm, I'm talking with somebody about doing um, kind of a, a collaboration piece, but they actually have license for the, uh, some original uh, Warhol work as well as Kandinsky. So like I'm looking at creating an NFT around this work, paying homage to this work, and then having the original Warhol to sell alongside this work, the original Kandinsky to sell alongside this work, along with my NFTs, and it'll be a collaboration. So it's a way I'm kind of like collaborating with Kandinsky. This thing mm-hmm. I did with um, with Stan Lee, I, I mean, Stan did the line work, I did the paint, Stan signed it. And I, I knew someday down the road that there would be a, a way to um, bring it back to life. And I thought, what a cool thing. And we just did it the other day. I just did the drop. It was a one of one um, of, of the of the Stan Spider-Man uh, you know, posthumous collab, you know, um, mm-hmm. that I that I did. So that was that was kind of cool. And so I'm sure he would have loved it as well. Oh, you know? dude, he loves all that. St- I mean, he wouldn't have understood the the, yeah. the, the tech side of it. But he, he was a he was a brilliant he was a brilliant guy and a, a real visionary. So um, what was it like I, working I, with I him? That. Well, I, you know, he was a he's a tough cookie. And like uh, Joe, the Joe Rubenstein, the artist I'm, I'm also working with now, will tell you some Stan stories. Um, but every time I ever, you know, was involved with Stan, he was very sweet and like, um, he did something kind of neat. If you ever, when you met him for the first time, he would say, oh, Will, it's nice to meet you. What, Will, how's your day going, Will? All right, Will, well, it's great to see you, Will. Thank you so much, Will. And then you would pass him later on in the day, six hours later, he said, Will, how you having fun? You, so you would like feel like his best friend. And that's really, that was really cool. It was a real skill he learned that he said people's names early and often enough that he got it committed to memory. And then later on in the day, he would, he would, you know, gesture and reach out and say hello and ask how you, and you, you would, it would be a real special connection. So um, yeah, Stan was a, Stan was a fucking great guy, man. And uh, a visionary and um, you know, it was sort of sad what happened at the end at the end of his life there with some of the some of the things going on with the estate but um mm-hmm. he was a he was a he was a dear guy he what a personality oh yeah man he's one of my greatest inspirations in life and if your friend joe ever wants to come on and talk about him and dude I'm gonna, i'll try i'll try to get him we'll see yeah no, no 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 worries hell yeah <laughs> dude i'm so grateful this has been so much fun i, I want to let you go because we're, we're approaching on the hour i want to give yeah, you man. the time if you want to you know i always ask this too if if you're looking back on this interview 30 years from now and you're like, Hey, like, you know, check this, check out this interview I did. What would be something that you'd like some wisdom that you'd want to impart on the audience? Some, some mulligan wisdom. Uh, drink more water. <laughs> and, uh, and, 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 and especially right now, just, and get more rest. Like, good, good. That's a good boy. Will. uh, I have a case over there. That's, that's that's empty um and i also think don't give up the analog like keep sketching keep painting like keep getting some you know some muck under your fingernails because the the internet space is eternal but there are things that are that are not um and i'm going to show you this piece i just i i i just did this on twitter the other day oh i can't wait fuck yes so this is uh, this is one of my so my favorite artist is uh, is Lion is J C Liondecker, um, who is the uh, J C Liondecker is an illustrator, early twentieth century. He did um, the Saturday Evening Post. He was oh, before Norman Norman Rockwell, right? So Liondecker, um, I mean, he just did the most beautiful, beautiful stuff. So like, this is a, a shot of some Liondecker work. I love this it. Is, so like that, I just, I love that. So you can see how he influenced Norman Rockwell as well. And he influenced me, but <laughs> um, yeah. so I just bought, I, I just got this original. Oh, it's um, so sick. And I think that like, this is really special to me. Right. And it will always be really special to me. So like to have, to have, and so like, this is, 
this is the cover and that's the girl, you know. Um, there's only one of these in the world. And I think that as we're moving into the NFT space and digital and everything like that, um, I, I just want to make sure that we're not all all playing um, a symphony on a keyboard rather than really hearing a real life string section. And I think that for artists, especially, we just, we got to keep up our skills as far as um, still working with pencil and marker and paint and all that. And a lot of what I'm doing in my space for the NFTs is the Spark of Creation series, which is, if you go to my maker's place, you can see all my stuff that's like my Spark of Creation and you can see a blank page, a blank canvas moving into a fully rendered final piece of art that's telling a story. Um, and I, 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 I like that. I like being able to, to, to have to bring along the audience, to bring along the collector with me, that that piece that they've seen created, they now own and they have that in their lives. And they, they, it's, like, it's like a baby, right? Like it starts out, you know, you see it growing in its mommy's tummy all the way through and all of a sudden you've got this living, this living child. Um, but to see that progress beginning to end is, is really special. And I think that, um, that the process of this is really important. And I, I wish that more artists would show the process so that the investors can, can, can be more uh, invested in, in the, what, what they see being created. Agreed. Oh, I love that so much. First of all, I love yeah. that you shared the piece with us. I think that it's I, something I, I really try and impart in these clubhouse calls, right? It's like NFTs aren't in instead of, it's in as well as like uh -huh. stop what you're doing, just add it to your repertoire. It's just a yeah. new, and, I, and I'm glad that you, you know, being uh, the voice and, you know, the, the leader in this space that you are, that you also, you know, agree on that sentiment. Cause I don't want yeah, to stop. Like I, I want to be able to hang real art, you know, and I want to yeah, be man. able to project it as well. And I don't want to yeah. call NFTs not real. Like I want to be able to do both. Exactly. So I appreciate that a lot. Exactly, dude. Well, I'm looking forward to this. I'm looking forward to seeing more of your stuff and, and, and rocking and rolling together. And we'll, we'll have to do a collab at some point. Oh, I love it, dude. I love it. This is fucking incredible. Thank you yeah. so much. And uh, yeah, this has been another week of living with Will. Awesome, brother. Cheers.